everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Next Woman Up podcast. How's it going, G? It's it's going good. You know, we're recording this on a Monday. Um, it's a Monday. That's all I can tell you. It's a Monday. <laughs> so I did. Yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, I did hear something interesting over the weekend um, that I kind of wanted to bring up with you because it's it's something that I think we should talk about. Sure. Um, have you heard? Have you heard of you know the rumors surrounding Shakira and our lovely NBA finalist Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler getting in with Shakira. I did see this, <laughs> um, and I wasn't sure if it was real. Um, yes, I agree. And then you know all the pop culture, uh, you know, yeah, uh, media outlets uh-huh. are really having a good time with this one because this. Um, pop culture sports crossover that we didn't think we'd be getting. Well, you know, we typically only get the sports and pop culture crossover when we have a Kardashian involved. So I think uh, this yes. is this is this is something that's very unique. To it us. is so random, though. We're talking about that. It, like it's super it random. Is, but Shakira's ex is, you know, a soccer star. So I think that that's important when we think about. It. She does love her athletes. She decided to shy away from the foot fairies. Sorry. <laughs> Try something new with her, with Jimmy Butler. Yeah, he's got his, his successful coffee business. You know, he's doing what he's doing down in Miami. Yeah, I mean, I guess, and also sure. I feel like does she live in Miami. I have no clue. You're asking the wrong person I don't know. there. And uh, I thought, she's 13 years older than him. I did see that as well. Good for them. Love that. Good for him. I mean, Shakira, Shakira. I know Shakira, Shakira. Exactly. Not to sing. I know everyone wants to hear my singing voice out there. So I did see something. I mean, I can't take this stuff seriously, though. Like, with these yeah. romances, like, there was, like, you know, the Us Weekly headline when I went to confirm if this was true, and it was, like, Jimmy makes Shakira smile. And I was just like, oh, my God. And you're like, wow. <laughs> How great. So <laughs> nice. I really care um, so much. Well, given given legitimacy and how that works, like the pop pop culture arena, we may have to wait till TMZ, you know, like uh, what's it called, confirms it, and then we can move there. Yeah, move on to like you know talking more about it, but we'll see. It's not TMZ. We don't believe it. That's, right. that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to say, I, I feel like something else was supposed to happen today. Something that you know is. A little bit more important than Jimmy Butler and Shakira. Not to knock them in any way. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's something more important. <laughs> so this morning I woke up. And yeah. my first thought was, football gods, please help me today. And football gods said, not today. Um, I know. Today was the deadline to meet for the franchise tag deadline, essentially. Um, it was the last day to negotiate a long-term deal for... Right. Um, players that were going to have the possibility to go under the tag, and one of them being Saquon Barkley. <laughs> yeah, I for put out there, our residence Giants fan Carly has been be- relatively sad. <laughs> sad. De- <laughs> the vibe. Are you stressy, depressy, Carly? Tell me. I'm a little stressy, depressy. Um, honestly. I kind of had a feeling that they weren't going to work on a long-term deal because it's been at a standstill for such a long time at this point. Um, and this is why I woke up and asked the football gods because I didn't think it was going to happen. <laughs> um, right. 
<laughs> and you were and she was texting me today and she, it was like 243 or something and she's like how are you feeling and i was like and i was like not great she goes there's still time there <laughs> is still an hour time. and 17 minutes and then i think there was like 19 <laughs> minutes left and you were like there's still time <laughs> there's still time okay i am an optimist i will always think there's time <laughs> 359 there's still time 3.59 hey you know what for anyone that submitted a paper to turn it in in college 3.59 or 11.59 there's still time that's true there's still time so (laughs) we want to kind of break down what happened today with the three running backs that did not negotiate long-term deals and tony pollard saquon barkley and josh jacobs tony pollard of the cowboys and josh jacob of the raiders for now um, and um, discuss the running back market and why you know they're having such a difficult time getting yeah. these deals um, you know if mm-hmm. you look at another guy who was on the brink of signing franchise tag um, a couple of days ago Evan Ingram with the Jaguars was able to negotiate a deal I think it was mm-hmm. a win-win for both sides but he's right. a tight end market's a little different so we want to discuss this running back market in particular yeah, it's something that's really interesting because, like, when you look at how, like, running backs are, and, you know, there is always a talk about there not being a long shelf life, so I kind of think about it in a way of, like, what, what depreciates faster, a car or an NFL running back? <laughs> uh, and, you know, the jury's still out on which one that is because if you look at how, like, these, these running backs that, you know, a few years ago, they were at, like, the top of the conversations of, like, wow, these are, like, some of the best players. Like, look at their impact they have on their team. You know, you would expect them to be getting, you know – that money that's ex- that's expected of a player that delivers for their organization, and you but you just don't see it with running backs. So the it, thing, that short yeah. So something I'd like to bring up is the average yeah. lifespan, you could say, uh, in terms of career of an NFL player, is three to five years. Running backs right, being short. the lowest at the average is two point five seven, and I think people don't realize like how short an average NFL career actually is. And even when you look at the very top which is stretching the average of kickers and punters, that average is only 4.87 years. Right. It's not long at all. Right. And that is something that you need to take into consideration when you are negotiating these contracts, being on the side of the league or the club. um, Right. The club in this case. And this is always a tricky situation when you're negotiating a contract in terms of being on the club's perspective because contracts – are supposed to represent what teams think you'll do in the future, not what you've done in the past. Yep. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, more specifically in like baseball, you'll see these guys get these monster contracts and they're really only paying them. You know, they know, okay, we'll only really get the production we're looking for those first five years of the contract, those extra three and an eight year deal. We're just going to have to, you know, just deal with but the thing is when it comes to nfl players it could be one year and done right right and that it's very interesting that you bring that up because you know we're so used to seeing like you know they talk about oh he's been playing for you know x amount of years right Mm -hmm. like long long period of time and you just don't see it for like the average player yeah like yeah we just look at it and like you know our star players that we look at but do you think that you know these teams that are, you know, as you, as you make the point where it's a business, they are looking at what the future could bring. Is that, 
are they not giving these long-term deals to these players because they're anticipating that, well, you've given us everything that you can give us, you know, Saquon Barkley and mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs. So I think there's a couple things going on here. One, if I'm the club, I'm trying to minimize risk for myself. And looking Absolutely at the history not. of running backs, that mm-hmm. definitely comes into play. You know, there's the fear of the Zeke situation, if you will, because we're it, looking at what's, yes. how that's playing out right now. We got this huge deal. It's not benefiting mm-hmm. the Cowboys at all. Um, and then in terms of just the way a running back is used on an offense, yes, if you are a base back, if you are starting back, you are a workhorse. You are a huge part of the production of that offense. However, because you are a workhorse, you your body is getting a lot of the brunt of it. And how long can you really hold up? Even if you look at the production over a season, people often say, well, this cer- certain running back ran, had over a thousand yard season. Great. That's really mm-hmm. good and productive and amazing. But if you look at the breakdown, like for example, last year, Saquon's production fell off. So you're right. really yes. paying him for those first 10 games of the season or so. And then the production's going to fall off. And he wasn't mm-hmm. as productive or efficient because his body's getting tired. It is a long season. So you have to look right. at that as well. Like where is the production splitting up and what am I actually paying for mm-hmm. in terms of that? And do you, yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask like, do you think that as you see teams maybe start to like transform how they use their running back mm-hmm. in like different ways, you'll start to see different, like, like a, a variation in salary with that. So that's if a- they use a great question um, because as like you're noticing base backs are sort of molding into base and sub qualities um, for those mm-hmm. who don't understand that um, <laughs> base are like your of the past where like you're hard down the middle strong runners sub is and they mo- mostly come in on first and second down but right. a sub is your third down back who is a little more shifty, can catch some passes out of the backfield, but you're seeing that now these base backs are also having sub qualities, um, mm-hmm. especially in like the looks of Christian McCaffrey or maybe an Alvin Kamara. Um, yeah, that is what I was thinking of. Yes, yeah. but mm-hmm. however, they're still going to fall under the running back designation. The minute you become a different designation, that changes things. And I've talked about this on the podcast before, like certain designations determine what market you have you're going to be falling into in terms of your contract so for example an outside linebacker versus a defensive end carry different market valuations Mm -hmm. and the way you look at that is like if an outside linebacker is like an outside linebacker stands up more and a dn puts his hand in the dirt more just something as small as that the if whatever you do on the majority of the snaps could change your market valuation. So the thing is, you're still going to be in that running back bubble, I guess, which means like until there's a new precedent set for that market, which we've seen Mm -hmm. in a lot of other positions, we've seen it with quarterback year after year after year, who's setting new precedent. We've seen it with wide receivers, Devontae Adams Mm -hmm. setting that new precedent. We've seen it with corners. We've seen it with edge guys and pass rushers. So I think, one of the standstills here might be that one of these guys, whether it be Jacobs or Saquon Barkley, because they're so um, imperative to their offense, are trying to start a new precedent. 
But okay. it's very difficult to break that with the running back because of what we were just saying about the short lifespan. And, you know, both of these guys have right. their injuries and all those things do come into consideration. But I think that's where that stands mm-hmm. is because that precedent, every guy wants to be that break that, you know, Lamar wanted right. to do it um, and he did it. I was actually just thinking of that as you were talking about the whole like Lamar situation, mm-hmm. how, you know, I don't want to say that teams somewhat have like a, a bad taste in their mouth, but you did see the quarterback market being impacted in various ways over the last few years, whether it was Lamar, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, um, Kyler Murray, you know, those massive contracts where I wonder if, you know, t- like teams sort of, they don't have the appetite to let the players set that precedent anymore. Right. Exactly. And I think that that goes back to also like it becomes an issue of guaranteed money as well. And I think yes, that yes. could also be part of this this separation in terms of a negotiation. Um, mm-hmm. And I do want to talk about specifically like how these players, what they mean to their individual team, like Saquon yeah. and Josh Jacobs, like how they fit into that organization. And we can start with Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs. Like he's had yeah. consecutive um, a thousand plus yard seasons. He is the workhorse of this team. He's had over 300 plus touches last year. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, this team now has Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, which is not really going to like change the situation. Like, right, right. Do you, do you think that if maybe they had a different quarterback under center that might change for them? Maybe. I mean, like, if you had someone that was say. more of, like, a talent, you wouldn't have to rely so much on your run game. But, like, I feel mm-hmm. like Garoppolo kind of needs that balance, especially coming from such a run-heavy offense in San Francisco when, like, right. he just needed to be good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's true. Yeah. And, all- go ahead. Sorry. I was saying, it's also, like, a different-looking Raiders team than what we're used to. Mm-hmm. You know, they are changing and, you know, that we may see like a a completely new look Raiders team by the time the season starts. And I will say like the, the thing that I, that I was thinking about that's a little bit different for the Raiders than Mm -hmm. the Giants is like the Raiders are almost a little bit more of contenders because they have their star wide out. They have a good pass rush. They kind of have those pieces that it makes sense to try to, keep Josh Jacobs around mm-hmm. whereas like the Giants we don't we have like a very below average receiving core like we're still trying to come out of this like bad place that Gettleman put us in and right. like we're even though like we surprised a lot of people last year like the NFC East mm-hmm. is a very hard division and like the odds that we will like get past get to the playoffs and then get past like round one of the playoffs is slim so it's like we're still in that rebuilding phase so where does Saquon fit in here and like how do we if we do get him to agree we have to really take advantage of his prime and there's that aspect that plays into it too and then it becomes a cap thing too because if we get Saquon Mm -hmm. for a long-term deal we're still paying paying Danny and then we have to figure out a way to get a number one wide out and pay him we don't have that we just extended Dexter Lawrence like there's so many pieces that play into it's not just us it's not just like the Giants dealing with Saquon you know right right no exactly there's all those different pieces where you have to you have to pay the rest of your team you can't just yeah. put it all on you know quarterback and Saquon in this case even though like he does 
he does contribute to the team, but like you said, like his first ten games, you saw like the peak. Like I won't say the peak of his performance, but he really was playing a lot, and then there was a drop off after that. Right, and I want to mm-hmm. talk about numbers specifically because I think yeah. that's an important thing in this situation. Because in terms of Saquon specifically, there was a deal offered at some point that's pretty in line with the mm-hmm. highest paid running backs in the league. And I just want mm-hmm. to explain that in terms of like how the running back market is structured right now and why I think it's been frustrating in terms of how his side and like his party and who's ever yeah. advising him has gone about it because right. the deal that he was offered was very much in line with where the running back market is sitting right now. So I will say the highest paid running back currently will be coming out of this year in terms of total cash is uh, Bijan Robinson. He is the rookie that Atlanta took very high in the top 10. Um, mm-hmm. That is 13.7 million, um, which is on the high side. And I think that's a little much. However, okay. let's go to number two, Christian McCaffrey, who is kind of like the ideal running back model right now. Right, and right. his total cash for this year is going to be $12 million. And that even still seems low for what he contributes to that team. And not just the team on the field, but, but as a leader as well. Right. But that's this is the, the market. Exactly. The market. So the, he yep. is the, let's say he's the model. He's only getting $12 million. So let's go back to the deal that the Giants had offered Barkley back in about well they had offered him I think around the bye week um it let's keep in mind they had offered a multi-year deal and it was worth 12.5 million dollars a season at the bye week now that's right in line with the one two in the market yeah exactly yeah and then to even make it a little bit of a sweeter deal they increased that number to 13 million with a chance to get 14 million in incentives he had rejected both deals did he want it in guaranteed money and less in- not incentive based? Well, that was only a million in the incentive mm-hmm. base. So mm-hmm. the the it's so difficult. Ask, yeah. I was gonna ask you, so let me ask you, so with that, why do you feel that I would say frustration towards the way that his side is handling it? Because I do understand that you obviously like you are you, you're gonna bet on yourself and like your right. team is gonna bet on on themselves and like in terms of like the people you have representing you like they're gonna try to get you the best deal possible what I think is frustrating is like one and two right now in mm-hmm. the running back market are 12 million to the 14 million dollar range and that was what was offered I think it's what they need to realize is going to be very hard to break this market and set a new precedent. And it's very frustrating because it's like, I don't know what you're not realizing. And the thing is, it was a little bit difficult because he was on like an exclusive franchise tender. Like he couldn't see what other teams would offer him. But the reality is if we just look at the market and I keep going back to this, because it's so key. I don't know what other team would offer him more. Right. Like, and it's just so hard. Like there, is, I don't even know who out there would pay him that much. That's the thing. Especially well, first with the injuries. Of all, where are you going? That is a contender yeah. that one needs a back, and two has the money. Yeah, that's the hard part. Is that money piece right? And it's then really to pay that. Yeah. In general, 
like it doesn't make sense for teams to be setting this precedent in the market um based on the history of running backs and their contracts and you know you've seen teams get burned over that in the past for sure and it's just it's difficult because yes they are such an like these great running backs are such an integral part of an Mm. offense but the running back market is is never going to it's a it's a very difficult thing to break and at the end of the day a club is running a business Absolutely. No, it's a business first and foremost. You have this talent, right? And you've had him be a major part of your offensive production since he was drafted in 2018. You can't just pluck that out and just put any old running back in because you've used him as an integral part of your offense for so long. When you look at teams like, say, I'm just going to season the Giants because that's Saquon's team, right? Mm -hmm. He was a hefty part of their offensive production because the overall team was not great. Mm -hmm. So, if you if you have a top talent like a Saquon that maybe goes to a better team, yeah, that isn't. Do you think that his shelf life is longer, and do you think that he can get um, closer to like that fourteen mil, thirteen mil, like we were discussing? Mm, well, considering it was already offered to him, he said no. I don't know about mm. the dollars, but the okay. first part of that question, um, it depends on the offensive scheme. It depends how they run their offense. Like, if he's getting carry after carry after carry, it's a very, like, run-based offense. That's one thing. If they spread the ball more, that's another. If it's a running back by committee situation, that's another. Mm -hmm. So it really just depends um, on how much they're utilizing him. And I would assume that if you secure him and pay him, end up paying him what he wants, let's say you were that team, you're going to try to use him a lot because you just paid a lot of money for this guy. Right, you're trying to get the best bang for your buck on that. Yeah. While we're on that subject, Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard's not involved in this because he did sign his tag. So, like, they didn't right. work out at all. Trivial, but he was already on board with signing the, ta- the tag. Both sides were on board with that. But in terms of Saquon and Josh Jacobs, they can sit out if they choose to. Well, that, so that's interesting that you say that because it's all like, it's all about timing, right? Mm-hmm. Because we talk about this and then we just see like earlier today and like maybe the yesterday, Bell thing. I was, yes, the Le'Veon Bell thing. And that is the fact that for those of you who don't know with Le'Veon Bell coming out and saying that he regrets sitting out that season for the Steelers um, and then he went and signed Steelers. with the Jets. Yeah. Yes. Which we all know how that went. Not so yeah. great. Right. Um, if we look at that, it, it makes you wonder, like, if he's regretting it now, is that him telling these young guys, like, hey, the grass isn't always greener? It could definitely be a lesson um, to these young mm-hmm. guys. I think they should listen. Because, um, <laughs> honestly, actually, with Le'Veon, like, the deal the Steelers, I recall, like, the deal the Steelers did offer him that he didn't agree to was better than the deal he ended up getting. But because he sat out right. and no one really wanted to sign him, he ended up agreeing to the deal with the Jets. That was actually lower than what the Steelers had originally offered him. So there's a situation right there. And mm-hmm. if we think about, one, the, how these players, like, let's specifically talk about Saquon because he has become, like, a face of the New York Giants franchise. One, how do you replace his production and two, his presence in the locker room. Um, And I also think like someone like that, who said like, I want to be a giant for life, like who means a lot to that locker room. Like if you sit out, how does that make the rest of your team feel? 
Like, especially the Giants who, like, just started building towards something last year and, like, found their team identity and, like, found some, something to play for, started to play for each other. Right. But you know what? I think, though, that, like, as we keep saying, it is a business. Yeah. And the players have to look out for themselves first, especially when we're talking about, like, we, we want to talk about numbers. Like, going back to how short the average NFL career is, like, you have to, you know, think of that, like, make as much for your family and for yeah. yourself to support yourself. Yeah. Um. So I think that I think that the players, if you look at the locker room again, I haven't been NFL locker room. So if you have out there, please comment. <laughs> um, if you have, if I haven't been the locker room, but I would think that a play like the players would understand where you have to look out for yourself first. But at the same time, like you're saying, you want that energy in there right. where they know what it's like to be a giant. They know what it's like to be, you know, in um, in Josh Jacobs' case, they know what it's like to be a Raider. Yeah. For now. But I know we're talking about Saquon, but like mm-hmm. really loving that organization, the community, you know, where he is. It's hard. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like you said, the players would understand, but also it does change the dynamic of the locker room extremely. Um, mm-hmm. And like, th- and you have to think about other guys that would step up. Um, and then in exactly, terms of like, yes. and then in terms of on the field replacement, the thing is in the Giants situation, like I said, we are still rebuilding. So like it's a little bit different you might have that leeway to sort of figure things out um right but I think in order to replace a Saquon or replace this sort of production like you need to do running back by committee because and figure that out so running back by, by committee is essentially like two or three different running backs with the carries the Giants did it right. back in 2011 with Brandon Jacobs Derek Ward and Ahmaud Bradshaw they all had their strengths um, mm-hmm. and like, that's a little bit hard to do now because of just like in general, how much people are getting paid. But that like, the thing is like this one guy, you would have to get two or three guys to kind of replace that production and figure out a way to work that in. It is possible. It wouldn't be ideal, but like if you build up a line and then add a couple backs that complement each other, like you can make it work. Right. Are you thinking of like, like, like young backs <clears throat> that maybe have like a few more years left in them? Yeah. So I think there's like a mix, like. I don't know, like, you kind of look at, like, so Dalvin and Zeke are still available, just, like, to throw that in there, too, but, like, mm. if you, like, bring in a Dalvin for, like, you even saw, like, the the Bucks do it, like, they had their, like, young back um, in, like, Rojo, um, and mm. then, like, they brought in Fournette, who was just, like, a cheap deal, and, for, like, Fournette ended up being, like, great, so you had their one-two punch there, so you can right, kind of, right. like, work that out, like, if you can get, like, a vet that still has some in the tank on, like, a a shorter term cheaper deal and then you can you know you draft a decent guy and then you younger guy that maybe like a backup like there's a way to navigate it um Mm -hmm. and like right now the giants like matt Breida is technically like would be the starter and like matt Breida has had success but like as a sub back like to me he's not your starter and like he would need some help and someone that can balance him like he's a little bit smaller shit not as much as a power back like he could definitely get it done but like he's not your workhorse yeah no definitely not I just think I, th- I keep thinking about it. I think the Giants are a really unique situation they're really gonna have to evaluate yeah. their options as as time goes on and it's also gonna have to force Daniel Jones to be that guy that they banked on yeah um he's gonna have to step up 
Yeah. I just, it's just so frustrating because he's going back to the fact that, like, they had offered him that deal, which was such a nice I know. deal. <laughs> You're like, it's right there. Yeah, Please like, take it. If it was such a good deal, you would be, like, almost the highest paid, if not the highest paid. Right. And you're not even and you're not even approaching that as a Giants fan in this case. You're just approaching that as someone like, sir, you're at the top of the market right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm look at the research. Looking at the contracts, you know? Uh. I know. It's um it's something that we're definitely gonna have to see it evolve, you know, as um all the camps start. Yeah. Camps. Well, camps. yes. Yes. Training yeah, camp yeah. is literally like mm-hmm. a week and a half. I was like, is it training camp? Is it mini camp? Is it fun camp? Is there's, it, ah. there's OTAs, mini camp, training camp. <laughs> and Stop having camps. There's so many. Just make it a program and just leave it be. <laughs> <laughs> Off-season program. Done. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I feel like I could be worse. I don't have a Saquon jersey, so... <laughs> that's true. You <laughs> So if it goes really south... I'm good. A lot of other Giants fans are going to have a problem. Well, they're going to be, no, they're not going to be burning jerseys. That's dramatic. It's, this isn't like a LeBron leaving Cleveland type of vibe. I don't think so, if that were the case. But let's hope it's not and that something yeah. works out and, you know, he sticks by his word about wanting to be a Giant for life. So, yes. Fingers yeah. crossed. You're playing our positive contract vibes out into the universe. Yeah. If that's your thing. <laughs> football gods hello um <laughs> i'm about to go do like a freaking you know dance in the street with my jerseys you know <laughs> it's like a rain dance exactly exactly a rain back dance exactly like you have to do the quick feet <laughs> if you guys out Spin there move. in the tri-state if the, you guys out there in the tri-state area see a random woman doing spin moves in the streets in a giant jersey um that's carly just leave her be she's dealing with this in her own way in my own way thank you appreciate it well guys um this has been an awesome conversation i love to talk about this stuff you can't tell i literally don't shut up about <laughs> it and have so much to say and so much to analyze but it's super fun and exciting. like i'm so excited for football season to be here um and yeah, I this was such a fun episode. Um, it really was. And yeah. you know what? We'll be there watching the games when everything starts. And, you know, we look forward to seeing the Jets on this season of Hard Knocks. Oh, even yeah. Though they, even though they don't want it. I did see that. I kind of see Aaron Rodgers, like, loving it. Like, saying he doesn't. But, like, is, like, very – like, I could see him, like, smirking at the cameras and stuff. Like the office? Like yeah, the but, like, you know he does that sometimes. Like, he'll throw a really great pass. If you look under his helmet, he's, like, kind of smiling. Like, because he... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he knows. He loves it. Yeah, yeah, he loves it. He's just trying to play, play it cool. I don't, <laughs> I don't need that, you know. So, <laughs> I hope that we get to hear him talking about when he went inside the cave. I was just going to say, I bet you he will talk about it. And I'm really actually um, excited to see the dynamic between him and Zach Wilson. Yes, although I do think that it may be interesting to see what the NFL lets sh- lets be shown mm, on the program, because um, you know the NFL <clears throat> and how they feel about drugs. Um, but we'll just see what happens with uh, the Aaron Rodgers thing. Can't yeah, wait. yeah. So that'll be another exciting like part of football season. Random, random. But Ooh. I feel like we always say, let's just see what happens with the Aaron Rodgers thing. Like it, it happens so many times. We've been talking about this forever. I can't talk about Aaron Rodgers anymore. 
over him. <laughs> Not till September. <laughs> Ain't a break. In September, you'll we'll go back. You could have a, a cleanse for the rest of the summer. I'm not. I'm not going How's in a that? cave. I can promise you that. How's okay. that? All right, that guys. Well, um, I hope you guys learned a lot from this conversation. Uh, if you guys like have any questions about this kind of stuff, I love talking about it. Shoot us a DM. Um, always love talking about contracts, and markets, and all that player analysis. Um, so. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Next one up pod at gmail.com. Next one podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Bye. See ya.